gospel reading today is from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but it is the Father who dwells in me who does these works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father who will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows that spirit. You know that spirit because that spirit abides with you and will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Beloved of God, I bring you a word of grace and peace from God our Creator and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a festival day on the church calendar. Pentecost takes its place alongside Christmas and Easter as one of the days that the church pulls out all the stops to celebrate the mighty acts of God with a little bit of extra gusto. Unlike Christmas and Easter, however, Pentecost doesn't receive much attention outside of the walls of a church building. My guess is that you did not decorate your homes for Pentecost, and this morning you didn't get up and exchange Pentecost gifts, although if you did, I would like to hear that. That would be a cool tradition. To my knowledge, Macy's is not having a post-Pentecost sale. Our celebration of this holiday, this holy day, for the most part takes place here in worship. We tell the story of our ancestors who gathered 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem also to celebrate Pentecost. Our Jewish ancestors would have called it Shavuot. It was a spring harvest festival. It was one of the pilgrim festivals that if able, Jews would go to Jerusalem to celebrate. They came from far and wide to Jerusalem, representing Jewish communities throughout the Mediterranean. They came together for worship and for festivities. It was at one of these gatherings that the drama of our first reading occurred. A rush of wind, tongues of fire, an experience of God so intense 
so transforming that it came to be known as the birth of the church. Peter and others who were present interpreted this experience. I wonder what that took to just stand up and say, I might have an idea of what this means. Talk about courage. It had been just a few weeks since the death and resurrection of Jesus. The disciples came to understand this outpouring of the Spirit as a continuation of the Easter story. This was a story that was known up to this point by only a small circle of people. But this Pentecost occurrence changed all that. The Easter story caught fire. As these pilgrims returned home, the news of Jesus spread to the communities from which they had come. And some people, not all people, came to understand themselves as part of this Jesus story. They recognized this covenant-making God, the one who made promises to Abraham and Sarah, to Moses and David. A new covenant in Jesus Christ made sense to them, though they didn't really know what it would look like. Were they still Jews? Would their practices stay the same? Would they belong to the temple? And what about Torah? What was its role? The New Testament bears witness to all of these questions and struggles to make sense of this experience, to make sense of this new relationship that had claimed them in such a powerful way and disrupted their world. As they were in the midst of all of that, another entirely unexpected thing happened. Like a fire that jumps a ravine when it's propelled by a strong wind, the good news of Jesus became a blaze among the Gentiles. No one saw that coming. People who had no relationship to the God of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Leah and Rachel, those who were viewed as outside the realm of God's concern, they heard the story of Jesus and experienced his wide open embrace, and they too were drawn into this covenant relationship. They came to understand themselves as part of the story, grafted onto the vine of Christ. So they too wrestled with this core question, what does this mean? Are we Jews? Are we some hybrid of faith traditions? What cultural practices can we preserve as we seek to live in the way of Christ? How have we been changed? We see throughout the New Testament that the birth of the church was not like flipping a switch. It wasn't magic, hocus pocus, here's the church. But birth is not like that, is it? It takes time and it's messy and it's painful. And any new parent can tell you that you make stuff up as you go along. The birth of the church is a story of very real human beings struggling to make sense of this good news that had claimed them, this relationship that had defined their lives. Paul described this birth as involving not only people but all of creation, he wrote that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. 
not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Throughout early Christian writing, people described their experience of being joined to Jesus Christ. We see people guided by the Spirit trying to imagine how they could be the body of Christ in the world. It's not so different, I think, than it is today for us. We have centuries of recorded history on people's thoughts and on what they they thought it meant to be the church. I find some of this inspiring and helpful. I think some of it is not. But Pentecost brings me back to that primal experience of the work of God's Spirit in my life and in our life as Christian community. The Spirit of God continues to set the Easter story on fire and invites us to wrestle with similar questions. What does it mean that we are joined to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? What does it mean that we are grafted onto the vine of Christ? Could it mean that before any other label or brand is placed on us, male, female, liberal, conservative, white-collar, blue-collar, gay, straight, could it mean that before any of these labels are placed on us, we are first and foremost children of God? That this is our primary identity? Could that be what this means? What could it mean that we are called to bear Christ to the world? Could it mean that we are part of something so much bigger than our own individual stories? That we, by the grace of God, are part of the ongoing creative work and healing of God in the world? That we have been granted gifts, so many gifts in such a wide variety to carry out this calling? Could this be what this means? What does it mean that we are part of the church? We are not joiners, after all, here in the Pacific Northwest. We are rugged frontier people. We prefer to march to the beat of our own drummer. Could being part of the church mean that I do not walk this path of faith alone? That I walk with other sinner saints? People with whom I wrestle with these questions and live this life? People who have been disrupted and called and gathered just as I have been by the same Spirit? Pentecost is a day for such questions. We join a long line, a great throng of people who, prompted by the Spirit, have interpreted and reinterpreted the good news of Jesus Christ who have translated it into the language and practices of their culture and who have asked that core question, what does this mean? Through it all, God's abiding presence holds us fast. God holds us in this covenant that God has made with us in Christ Jesus. And through it all, God's spirit continues to disrupt and to call and to gather and to enlighten and to make holy the whole body of Christ on earth. 
the Holy Spirit continues to blow us out of this place and into the world to share this story of redeeming love so that others may experience this God in whom we live and move and have our being. Thanks be to God. Amen. If you have prayers that you would like included later in the service, you may lift up those prayer cards now and the ushers will gather them.